Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by special guest speaker, Rick Casco. Amen. How are you guys doing? Fat and sassy. Man, you guys need to inform your face that you're saved. Amen. How many got the joy of the Lord this morning? All right. I know I know Daniel's got joy. Amen. Happy birthday. That's awesome. So uh, I like to do my homework when I speak. As you can imagine, I speak at a lot of different churches. And I, I keep a library of things I've preached and taught because I forget stuff. Amen. Maybe you're like me. And once you turn 50, the check engine light came on. And then everybody went from their name to brother or sister. And then, uh, hey, brother. What's his name again? So I like to do my homework, and uh, I like to, like, go on the website of the churches that I'm going to visit, and I like to go, you know, look at what they've been preaching on, what they've been teaching on, and, uh, and so I, I got onto the uh, iTunes site, and I saw uh, Angela's message, tell them I love them, and I was like, that, that sounds like Angela, yeah. And then Joy preached healthy sexuality for two weeks. I was like, all right. So I was listening to the messages, you know, and, and then I saw Daniel preached on stewardship, and I was like, man, he missed it there. That was supposed to be a lot funnier, amen. And so, funny stuff, I'm listening, listening to the messages, you know, and I got distracted. I don't know if anyone knows about distraction. And went outside, my dog hates loud noises, and we live in New River where everybody's a cowboy and a hillbilly, and they were blowing stuff up, my dog hates it, so I'm trying to find my dog. And I got back in the house, I'm sitting down watching TV, and Marie called, Marie and Danielle are back east right now, uh, having a vacation without me. Uh, And so I was on the phone with them, and I got done, and I was sitting there on the couch, you know, scrolling through Facebook and wasting time. And, and all of a sudden, I hear this woman talking in my house. And I freaked out. I jumped up, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and I'm like, what is that noise? And I go back there, and I'm oh, it's Joy talking about healthy sexuality. <laughs> all right. Amen. That's my joke for today. That's a true story that really happened. I'm like, what's going on around? So, why don't you guys open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 8, in verse 22, Mark chapter 8, verse 22. I um, was thinking about what I was going to speak on, and I was going through the things I've been teaching and stuff. I like to teach from what I'm experiencing with God, not from a theory, amen? And sometimes the things I'm experiencing with God are not pleasant. Can I buy an amen? So um, I've been in this building project, okay? And this building project got birthed in my heart in 2003, all right? And I wanted to see Teen Challenge of Arizona become a premier training center for the men in discipleship. I've learned that 
he didn't say go and make converts. He said go and make disciples. And discipleship is such a key piece to following Christ our Lord. Amen? Because salvation without discipleship will usually lead to either delusion or um, backsliding. It's just my experience, okay? We need people speaking into our life. Amen? And so I was like, man, I want to see this come premiere thing. It was all about the numbers, you know? That was, I was in my 30s then, and I was like, man, we need more. Everybody say more. And I was like, man, this is going to be the greatest tra- training center ever. And then it just kept getting stopped. And st- I kept hitting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. I had someone give me a million dollars in 2007 for the building project. And back in 2007, the building project was like two and a half million for the, for the project. Still a big number. Amen. Still big, but, you know, I was like, yeah, I could wrap my faith around that. And then it got roadblocked again, and then we started fundraising in 2012, and then I got roadblocked again, and I kept hitting these roadblocks, and finally I was like, God, am I supposed to do this? You know, when you start hitting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, you start, does anyone know what I'm talking about? You start questioning, like, hey, did I really hear from God? Did God really say? Does that sound familiar to anyone? And so then I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta just press through this. I know God put this in my heart, but my vision was skewed. I needed, I needed an adjustment to my vision because it was about numbers, and then it became about quality, not quantity. And I've learned that God is more interested in that quality time, amen, and having that one-on-one, and he wants to. It's not about the numbers, it really isn't, and it's taken me so long to get over that. Like, the measuring stick is how much and how many and how much we do. Can I buy an amen? Sweet. Just send your money to me. Amen. So I really struggled with letting go with what I thought it was to embrace the vision that God had. Amen. Because I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't have enough faith for it. God had a much bigger plan than my plan. My plan was like this. God's plan was much bigger. And so now, roadblock after roadblock, I mean, we had uh, uh, Liddell, which is Snow's wife. She's the executive director's wife for all of Teen Challenge. She had heart failure, almost died. It was just like just all these things that just happened and stopped and stopped. And then we had this thing called COVID. That was a real blessing. Amen. Sarcasm intended. And and that road blocked it again. And so now, guess the building project is now $5.5 million. And I'm looking at the budget, looking at that, and I'm like, man, I just can't do it. I just That's just too much, man. That is too much for me. And, you know, when you say something that's really true, and God's like, yeah, that's exactly right. Because even though it's Independence Day, It's Dependence Day for you. Amen. And so let me read this to you and we'll get started. It said, uh, and they came to Bethsaida, and some of the people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Everybody say, out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people for they look like trees walking. How many know something's not right? Amen? Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, 
And he opened his eyes, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him into his home saying, do not even enter the village. How's your vision, church? How's your vision? Is your vision God vision? Is your, do you have insight or do you just have eyesight? Do you, can you see beyond your human eyes to perceive? We live in this culture where everything is driven by what we see and not so much of what's behind it. How many know perception is everything, man? I was uh, talking with a young man, and he had lost uh, contact with his family. His dad uh, was trying to bridge the gap with him, and he had so much unforgiveness to his dad that he was having a hard time even having a relationship. It was tough. There was a lot of unspoken things, a lot of hurt, a lot of uh, things that needed to be healed. And as you can imagine, a Teen Challenge, there's a lot of that that goes on. And this kid came in, and he was just upset, upset about his dad. It really made it easy for me to say, man, you need to forgive your dad. And he's like, you know, Rick, that's really easy for you to say. And I said, it really is easy for me to say. Uh, man, I would give anything to have my dad right now. And I kind of shared with him how I lost my dad. And the perception changed, amen? Because he went from having a dad to talking to someone who didn't have a dad. Now, all of a sudden, there's value. Perception is everything, amen? When you're talking with single men, and uh, they live in with the belief where marriage is everything. Now, I know no single men know what I'm talking about right now. They just stop lifting weights. They're done shaping their body. Amen. Can, can, can you get some laughter up here for this guy? Amen. Uh, I, just, I just need to get married. And uh, somebody that's been married for a while can tell them, hey, man, there's another word for marriage. W-O-R-K. Can I buy an Amen. Uh, and a good marriage has a lot of work in it. Amen? It's great. It's a great thing. And I tell the guys all the time, the only thing worse than not, be, uh, not being married is being married and not wanting to be. I'm going to say that again because that ran right out the door, <laughs> ran down the street. The only thing worse than not being married is being married and not wanting to be, amen? So here we see in this story where Jesus takes this blind man by the hand out of provision. And this is going to mess with your theology a little bit. See, as a blind man, your station was to post up at the gate of the city or around the synagogue where you could be seen and it would be easy to get donations. It's what, that's what his job description was, was beggar. Blind man, beg. And so Jesus takes him by the hand and takes him out of the village of provision. Now, I'm going to tell you that there has been times where God has taken me by the hand out of the place of where I thought God was providing vision, uh, provision for me. So let me, let me flesh that out. I was 
working at Teen Challenge, which is a full-time job and then some, amen? And then I'm working and working and working it hard, and God, uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, I got to pay off all this debt, so I got a second job. I know I'm not too sharp. And my second job was air conditioning. And so I would get up at 4 in the morning. I'd go work at my friend's place from uh, 5 to 11, just, you know, half time to get some of that money, and then go to Teen Challenge from that job, working in air conditioning, to go do the spiritual uh, warfare. You know, in six months, I, I looked like my brother back then had just turned 90. I, I never worked so hard in my life for so little because I really believed that I had to make this happen. And God said, nope, you're not doing that. So he cut off the provision for me. And I went back to this, this, this place of, well, God, how do I, how do I, how do I, how do I make this happen? And God's like, you're not going to make this happen. You have to learn how to trust me. And so in my Bible, I have a bill, and I put on there, I don't work for you. Some of you might need to do that. Just put that in your Bible and put, I don't work for you. So God leads this man out of the village, takes him out of this place of of provision, and then spits in his eyes. How many know that God's got a sense of humor? Aren't you glad that God healed people more than one way? Or we would be the first church of the hocked up loogie, right? You'd come into the church and everybody would be spitting on each other. Be healed in Jesus' name. Aren't you glad we haven't seen that lately? Amen. He spits in his face, man, on his eyes. I don't know about you guys, but I'd be like, I'm out. Take me home. But he's blind, right? He's blind. I'm like, what is going on? I'm blind, and you pull me out of my place of provision, and then you hit me with an offense. How many know the offenses can be hard to work through? There is nothing worse than a church hurt. Has anyone ever been hurt in the church? Raise your hand right now. Amen. I know I sure have been. Because we have so much more of an expectation on people that follow God. They're perfect. They know how to love people well. They're great forgivers. They never bring up the past. They never look at your faults. Okay, I'll stop. So here he is. <laughs> he gets spin this high. And Jesus says, can you see anything? This is where the vision is not quite right. You can see but you're not, your perception's not right. That's how I was in the beginning days when I was running after God and running after him and running after this vision. I had a vision for my future. I'm going to be married by the time I get out of this program, and I'm going to have like 10 kids. And Okay, I'm going to have one kid. No, I'm going to have two. Amen. Uh, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to make this money. I'm going to get my life together. Amen. I love my Teen Challenge boys. They're like, why did you bring us here to preach to us? You know, there's, there's some, Joy said it. She felt the rest. I'm like, man, that's for my guys. Put the brakes on. Pump 
bricks. You know what I've learned? God's not in a hurry. This whole building project, I was in a hurry. Man, I remember I threw my hands up in 2019. I said, man, this building project sucks. I hate this thing. I thought this was going to be fun. Not. It has not been fun. It has been difficult. It has been hard. It has been like, here's your faith. Now we're going to stretch it. Okay, here's some difficulty. Now I'm going to have you confront it. Like, quit praying for patience. Amen. Stop that. God, just be with me today. Amen. You know, God, I want to be a mighty man of faith. I am going to go over here because once God lights you on fire, I don't want to catch on fire. Amen? Like, I want to have bold faith. So what does God do? Put you in situations where you got to use your faith, right? Now, you probably have figured this out. I'm a little bit ornery. You guys figured that out? I'm a little ornery. But it's in, in love. Amen. One of the guys is like, man, Rick, I, pray for me, man. I want that stick to it anointing. You've been there for how long? Man, I want that. I want that, I want that anointing that can believe God for miracles. I want that. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Ten four. God, I pray that this brother has all the trials that I've had. And all the difficulty, and he stopped me right there. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I said, brother, you can't have what I have without going through what I've gone through. See, sometimes God stops the provision to fix our vision. Let me say that again, because that was good. Sometimes God stops the provision so he can fix your vision. See, for me, I was so focused on what I wanted, that God had to go, nope. So this guy gives me a million dollars, right? 2008, guess what happened? <laughs> I mean, I watched all my friends that were in the real estate thing lose their shirt. I mean, there were some miracles that happened that saved people's lives, amen, and their finances, but it was rough, amen? It was rough. A lot of my brothers and sisters <laughs> were doing the real estate thing, and it hit them hard, And God was like, mm. real estate is not your source. I am. So, God had to teach me, donors are not your source. I am. Because that million dollars went to go pay bills. You know, I was really happy about that. Not. Like a million dollars, half the project was there. We had a halfway. And God's like, no, we're going to pay bills. <laughs> no. Put a meme on my Facebook the other day that my bills have uh, fully grown now. They're called Williams. Because they're huge, amen. That sounded so much funnier when I... Okay, Rick, stop it. I will. So God, the Lord Jesus spit on his eyes, laid his hand on him. Did you see anything? He looked up, said, I see people, but they look like trees. See, he had vision. He had sight but he didn't have vision. He could see, but he did not perceive. Are you with me? I could see nowhere else in the Bible where Jesus had to touch somebody more than twice. 
So there's something here for us to see, church, right? There's pay attention to look at it. Why, why would Jesus have to touch somebody more than once? Go look in the mirror. I need Jesus constantly, daily, minute by minute, sometimes hour by hour, right? Amen? I am dependent on the Lord. I tell my guys all the time, it was really easy for me to believe my need for Jesus when I was a mess, when my life was a wreck, when I was strung out on drugs and I had all these issues. It was really easy for me to think, yeah, I need Jesus. But, you know, after you get saved and you've been discipled and you no longer are drug addicted and you still have issues, I know none of you can relate None of you know what I'm talking about, but like, then I realized my desperation. Like, without Jesus, I am burnt. I have no hope. I have got nothing. Like, without Jesus, me without Jesus is bad. Just a bad, it's a dumpster fire. Let's be real. My life without the Lord is a dumpster fire. Drugs, no drugs, whatever. Whether your worst sin was eating Twinkies at 2 a.m. in the morning or shooting heroin, amen, without Jesus, we're in trouble. Amen? I was at Scottsdale first. I will never forget this. I was on, a, I was on an ornery streak. And we were doing an altar call, and we were praying for people. And this gal came up and said, oh, I'm just so thankful. I'm just so thankful that I never had any of that stuff that you have to deal with. It's an altar call. I'm getting ready to lay you out, girl. And she went on and on and on, man. And I just, I had enough. I was like, that's it. So what you're telling me is that you did all your sin in your right mind? Can you hear that record skip? At least I had an excuse. I was on dope. I might have cleaned it up a little bit, but not, not too much. Like, you need Jesus too, girl. Amen? <laughs> Got Rick rolled. I'm going to steal that one. <laughs> then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. Everybody say again. And he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. You know, when Jesus restores something to us, it's in better shape. That's why I don't really like the word recovery because it kind of denotes that we just kind of found it, tried to clean it up the best we could, set it on a path. I like restoration. And I, I'm a car guy, a motorcycle guy, anything that catches on fire and blows up guy, man. I just love that stuff, man. But I love watching guys that restore cars because they take an old car and restore it, and it's a better car than when it came off the line. Amen. I like that when God uses that 
restored metaphor that it's better. And all the guys said at Teen Challenge, and better, better, better. Now, I want to call your attention to something else in the Word. Why is this so important? Well, if you back up a few verses and you hear Jesus is speaking, talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod, but he says this to his disciples. He says, do you not yet perceive or understand? Question mark. Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes you do not see, having ears you do not hear, and you do not remember. When I broke the five loaves for the five thousands, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? Like, God's given them an object lesson of, check this out. You might be able to see, but you don't perceive. You might have ears to hear, but you're not hearing. I am provision. I am the, I, it's me. I did that. And so he takes this blind man as an object lesson, takes him out of the village of provision, takes him out of the city, spits in his eyes. You know his disciples had to have been going like, what's happening? What is going on here, man? What is Jesus doing? And I've learned this over and over again, that the broken are the masters of mending. When God breaks something, there is a, there's something. That, when God heals something, when God doesn't, there's purpose to everything the Lord Jesus does. Nothing in our life as a Christian, as someone that follows God, is an unfortunate circumstance. Amen. God uses everything. God doesn't waste a thing. He doesn't waste a thing. Now, that doesn't mean that it gives uh, your pain some kind of excuse that, oh, yeah, God did that to you. No, no, no. We live in a broken world, man. Bad things happen in the broken world, okay? But God happens in this broken world too, amen? So my, my, my whole ministry, and I don't even want to call it my ministry. I want to say the ministry that God has put me in has been about restoring fatherhood to fathers, been restoring menhood to boys. It's been about discipling men to be, number one, people that keep their word. How many would just love to have an employee that keeps their word, amen, or someone that actually gets up and does the job, amen? Like, my whole ministry has just been about a practical thing, about walking and trying to do life with men. And these are some of my spiritual sons, amen. I'm glad you guys came. Glad you guys got up this morning, came, amen. Adam, Adam's like, hey, you want to go? They're like, yes, we want to go. <clears throat> but these are my sons. And I say that not as a proud thing, but as this is what God. Now, isn't it like God to take somebody who lost their father in a suicide, who didn't have a great dad in the first place, isn't it like God to take somebody like that and say, now I'm going to make you a father to the fatherless? Isn't that what God does? Isn't that what God does? Isn't, doesn't God, like, don't ask for your permission. I'm going to use a nobody 
over here that you don't like, that you have no hope for. In fact, I want somebody that's addicted to crystal meth, who's stayed up for the last three years of their life, who's lost every brain cell. In fact, they only have two brain cells, and they both hate each other. That's the guy I'm calling to ministry right there. In fact, not only am I calling you, I want you to be a preacher of the gospel, and I'm going to make you a director, and I'm going to do these things. I'm going to restore a family to you. I'm going to, oh, man, I'm going to do things that are going to blow people's minds. Let me tell you something. <laughs> amen. God's good. God's good. Not that. Yeah. Amen. God doesn't need uh, a cleaned up person to do stuff. Amen. God's not going to be, I need you to go to Bible college for a couple years. Learn all the stuff about evangelism, and then you can start telling people about Christ. No! God wants to use you now in all of your faults, failures, and ups. God wants to use you now. He wants to give you a vision that you maybe have never had before. Maybe God's trying to fix your vision right now to see and perceive things that you don't even know. I love that God fixes our vision. It's not just about sight, eyesight, and me and what I can produce, man. God is in the God of doing something supernatural, amen? So here I am in this building project, right? Five and a half million dollars. How many know that's a lot of dough? Like, for an ex-drug addict, it's like five and, a mil- five and a half million bong hits or something. You know, it's like, I don't even know how to wrap my head around that. I really don't. It's okay to laugh, folks. I know I'm a mess, but I know who's got my mess, amen? I know who's got my back. I'm okay with not being okay. There's a song written by a very great gal. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And you know what? I'm never going to be okay. I, I, I had to tell my wife that and inform her that, you know, I'm never going to be okay. You know that, right? My wife, man, she's a saint. Can you imagine being married to me? Oh, my God. Poor girl. I got the right gal, though, man. Amen. I got the right gal. Woo! She got more patience. Amen. Love my wife. God knew what he was doing. God takes things that don't make sense so he gets the glory. God uses a mess to clean up a mess. That way he gets the glory. God uses the unconventional to confound the conventional wisdom of this age. God takes the uh, non-sanctioned, if you will, amen. I love that I'm in the Bible, Amen? Like in Corinthians, it says, he didn't call many that are noble. Any people noble around here? Nope. Nope. He calls people that aren't wise. Anybody wise around here? Anybody got college degrees and think they're wise? Nope. Nope. Guess what? We're in the Bible. We're in the Bible. He's calling you. He's calling me. Hey, man, that's how he does. That's how he rolls, if you will. Amen? God is not, uh, like, limited 
by your IQ. That ought to get some of you happy right now. Amen. So God touches this guy three different times. First, he grabs him by the hand, leads him out of the village. It's important to be led. Sometimes we need people to hold us by the hand and lead us out. Amen. Get us out of the situation we're in. I needed that. I needed someone to grab my hand, slap my face, and say, let's go. And then there's the time when you have to work through the offenses of the church when you've been spit on in the face. Even though you've been spat on, God's still doing some work. Even though you've been hurt, guess what? God didn't say, oh, I can't, oh, I can't do anything. You got hurt in the church, oops, that's it, I'm stopped. Can't do a thing, got your feelings hurt. Amen? Sometimes we got to work through that stuff. And out of all the people, last time I was here, I talked about forgiveness. But think about it. Who should be the most extravagant forgivers ever? You. Why? Because we've been forgiven much. I don't know about you. I have been forgiven much. Right? God forgave me much. It's not hard for me to love much. It's really not even hard for me to forgive much. Like, uh, yeah, you blew it. Sweet. Let's work on that. Let's move forward. Man, Rick, I don't know how many times over the years where guys will blow it, relapse, whatever, and they, and they bring all their shame and guilt thinking that they're no longer lovable. Do you know that that is like a human condition, that, that, that we bring all this guilt and shame? We say we don't, but we do. I blew it. I relapsed. I lied. I gossiped. Whatever. Sin is sin, right? And you know the greatest thing for that? It's God's grace and love. Just mm, come here closer. I was at uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle, and uh, Jim Savala was preaching to us Teen Challenge guys. It was really a cool experience. And he was talking about how he became such a professional uh, in Brooklyn, as you can imagine. A lot of the street people, remember, they had to have altar workers that could show up on the scene to make sure people that, you know, drunk or otherwise weren't rushing the altar. And Jim was praying for different people, and he got to this person, and all he could smell was alcohol, urine, smoke, just, he could just smell that. And he was, like, waiting back, and he's like, oh, this guy is not going to leave. And inside, Jim was like, I'm going to have to pray for this guy. You know, I'm going to have to do this. And the story goes, he's like, got there and he started praying, praying for him, and then he felt instantly convicted by God. And he heard God say, you know that smell? I love that smell. That's what the, that's what the Holy Spirit said to Jim Sabal. I was like, I love that. And then Jim really got what was going down, like, I'm the one that needs prayer. 
And then this guy started praying for Pastor Jim. And it was such a powerful moment for him and transformation. Everybody say transformation. He ended up investing into this guy. This guy ended up getting his life together and married people that got married to this gal in the church. And he's on staff now. That's the abbreviated version. But he was telling us, never lose our love for the lost. We as Christians sometimes get so caught up, church, in our vision that we lose sight of what's important to the Father. Does not the good shepherd leave the 99 to go get how many? One. What's God interested in? That one. See, I needed God to fix my vision because it went from I'm going to have 90 beds to I'll be able to disciple men and their families. I'll be able to bring families in. I'll be able to, I'll be able to like speak to the whole deal. I won't just be discipling one guy. I'll be able to disciple their family too. Amen. And then I had to ask God to forgive me for being such a knucklehead. I know none of you guys know what I'm talking about. Amen. I had to ask God to forgive me for not seeing what he was trying to teach me. I had to ask, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Help me come back to it. Because, you know, as a Teen Challenge director, we're a busy bunch of guys and gals. Really, it's really a hard job to give you guys a, you know, perspective. It, it'd be like all of you moving in with Pastor Daniel and Joy for a year you're laughing, but I'm telling you, that's what it's like. And them following you around, make sure you're living for Jesus. <laughs> Any takers? And then someone was like, well, Rick, how come you got to do all that work? I said, well, my congregation's awesome, but they don't tithe, man. They live with me. And the pastor I was talking to went, I get it. That's the word picture. Like, you, man, God is so interested in that one. He's so interested in that one. And you can probably think right now there's somebody in your life that's that one. Do you have vision for the one? Oh, that was so good. I better write that down before it leaves. Amen. Do you have vision for that one? So... There was this guy who came in the program. Um, I won't say his name. But he had horns tattooed on his head. How many know you're dedicated when you do that? <laughs> and this dude would sit in the back and mock me and disrupt things. And, you know, because sometimes preaching to Teen Challenge guys can be a rough deal, right? Most of them don't show up in the program going, I've made it to Teen Challenge. They're usually like, like, oh, praise the Lord. And he's sitting back there and disrupting everything and mocking me. And I was like, oh, man, I got my truck. And I was like, that guy, I got to get rid of him. We're all laughing because we know we've been there, amen? We need to get rid of that person. 
And, man, God rebuked me. He says, man, that's my son. I was like, <laughs> how many know me and God have some interesting conversations, <laughs> amen? And like, yeah, adopted. <laughs> See where I went with that? <laughs> I'm like, man, God, this guy just mocks me. <laughs> He's like, I want you to pray for him, man. I want you to love him like I love you. I want you to pray. Every time you think about it, I want you to pray. For oh, man. How many know that was a tall order? Like, all right, man. I'm praying for you now. And then it turned into a mission. I'd see him. I'm like, oh, yes. I'd shift into next gear, praying in tongues. <laughs> yes. I'm going to pray the miserables on you, man. And this went on for a while. You know what? He got saved. And I'm not talking like, yeah, Jesus is, I'm talking he got saved. And then he started just going, I mean, he was up at the altar. I'm going to tell you, that is an interesting sight, church. When you got someone at the altar who's got horns tattooed on their head, you're like, that's awesome. And then he, he got out of the program and he had the horns removed. Amen. And he still works with Teen Challenge to this day. Sometimes you just got to have vision for the one. Can you see? I don't see. I see men. Do they look like true? Maybe the vision's not quite clear enough. Maybe you need another touch. So God, you know, the first touch leads us out. Second touch we got to work through the offenses, amen? Hey, man, when you, when you like, get into a group setting, and discipleship is a, uh, it's not a singular activity. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, discipleship is nothing more than truth being transmitted through relationship. That's what discipleship is. We transmit truth to one another in relationship. The deeper the relationship, guess what? The deeper the discipleship. So real love isn't about hiding our faults. It's about sharing them. And all the married people said, they didn't say a word. <laughs> and all the married people said, amen. That's right. I'm keeping that one. All right. So the deeper the relationship the deeper the discipleship. Amen. Real love is about sharing our faults, praying for one another that we might be what? Healed. James 5.16 isn't a singular action. It is a way of life. Confessing our faults to one another. Paul said it like this. That's why I love grace. Paul said, therefore, I will boast all the more in my weaknesses, plural, that the power of God may rest in me. Because God's strength is made perfect in what? Weakness. Man, we have to stop pretending we got it right. Amen. Anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Sometimes we just need another touch. Now, if you're like me, I need it all the time. God, lead me. All right, God, I'm offended. Okay, God, touch it again. All right, I can see. 
I want to share this miracle with you, and then I'm going to pray for you, okay? God really started dealing with me on forgiveness and discipleship and relationships and letting go of some offenses I had and didn't even really realize I was holding on to stuff, you know, until their name would come up, and I'd be like, <laughs> you know. Marie's like, my wife's like, uh, something going on over there. So uh, we had applied, we had applied for this grant. I don't know if I shared this with you guys or not, but this grant is through the Federal Home and Banking, all right, and it's and it's completely designed for the working poor. Okay, so because I house indigent people, amen, working poor, I qualify for this grant. And I was going after this grant to try to get some of this money to pay for the building project, right? Well, three years in a row, I got denied, and the guy messed up the third year, and I was done. You know, after you pay somebody three different times and you get the big goose egg, you know, I'm like, yeah, you're fired, and then a guy called me up. He said, man, Rick, I blew it on this. I know you're going to get it, you know. I mean, it was convincing. I was like, yeah, I'm convinced, but my bank account is not. Amen. He's like, get just one more chance. And then they redid the whole grant thing so I didn't have to jump through as many hoops. I'm like, hey, man, if we're doing this, I don't want this, this, this. And I don't want to do that. I can't do that. It's like, we can make this happen. You're going to get it. I just know it. And I, I talked to Snow, so I was like, hey, let's do it one more time. And I'm like, all right. So all this is going on in the middle Why God's doing some heart surgery, leading me out in the desert, spitting in my eyes, amen, uh, doing some work in the heart of this man here. And I was like, okay, God, if I don't get the grant, you're my grant. Right? I, I'm not going to sit here and stress over it. And so when they told us about the grant, they were like, oh, it's going to be like probably like 750000 I was like, yeah, praise God, man. That's awesome. We need that. So you can't tell me these things aren't connected. Amen. So God's doing surgery in me. And then I get this phone call in, at December, just right, right before Christmas. And he said, Rick, we got the grant. I said, praise God. Yeah. But I could tell he was like, but, but there's more. You know, he was like that guy that does the TV thing, you know. But wait, there's more. And I'm like, oh, sweet. He's like, you got $1.9 million. I've never seen that. I'm like, man, I got goosebumps. I was like, <laughs> wrote on my new bill. I don't work for you. Amen. This is where I feel like God's going. I feel like there's some prophetic stuff here for you guys, possibly. I really feel like God messed with my whole wagon this morning. I had a totally different direction I was trying to go in. But here's the deal. Maybe there's some you're feeling blocked. Maybe there's some things you've been believing for. Anybody in here? bold enough to raise their hands and say, yes, that's me. Maybe God needs to lead you out in the desert. Amen. Maybe you need someone to, maybe you need someone to grab your hand and say, I need sight. My sight is not good. I need someone with real vision to help me. 
and then take you and pray for you and, and ask God to help you see his vision. Does that make sense? Are you picking up when I'm laying down? Does God have something? Is he still the God of barely? No. Is he the God of abundance? Can he do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask? Or is he the God that's a rewarder of those who diligently seek? Is, is he not that God today? How many would like to experience that one more time today? Amen. Can I pray for you? Can you do me a favor and stand your feet? And I just want to pray right now. Um, amen. I just really feel like God has more in store for you guys that's bigger than your current vision. I really believe that. Amen. I do. I just, I see that on you guys and. You got the spirit of excellence on your team and on this body, and you guys have been through a lot. And I just want to pray for you guys first. Can I do that? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray expansion of the vision. Lord, I pray for the correction of the vision, Lord. Maybe there's bigger things in store for them that they can't even see, perceive, or understand. God, I know that you can get it to him. I pray, Father, for this uh, new season that they've been in. Jude, just refreshing and rest. And not the rest that says coast, but the rest that brings life. And I pray that for them and their family in Jesus' name. I pray and believe for new songs, new sermons, amen, new vision, expansion in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. How many love your pastors, amen? I just pray and believe that God's got... I can see it, man, just another season of excellence and promotion, but not in the traditional way. Amen. I see that for you guys. Amen. Micah, good to see you, buddy. It does my heart good to see you, man. Keep walking the walk, brother. Amen. Get some, get some good men in your life. Your dad's a good man. Come up and see me. I'll put you in a headlock. I'll, I'll tune up that vision good. Amen. Good to see you, buddy. Teen Challenge graduate. Love you, bud. Sorry. It's like family for me. Amen. Let me pray for you, church. If you're here this morning and you're just, maybe you've been in a confusing season and you're trying to understand what God's doing, could you raise your hand? Just raise it boldly with some faith, man. That's a lot of faith right there. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray together. If you see someone with their hand up, just lay your hand on them. Amen. We're going we're gonna to pray for correction of the vision. Amen. Clarity for sight and vision to be restored. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, the name above all names, the name above confusion. Confusion is just a name. But Jesus, your name is above that. And so, God, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for that healing, for that second and third touch that restores that sight. 
Lord, that we can see and perceive and see things clearly. Everybody say clearly. God, I want to see clearly. I want to see your hand. I want to understand. I want to know. In Jesus' name. God, I pray for that right now. Lord, I pray where there's been unforgiveness to be forgiven. Lord, where there's been bitterness, God, that there's going to be holiness that's coming in. Lord, where there's been this this hurt, that there's going to be healing now. God, in Jesus' name, we open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. All of our heart, not just parts, but all of it, in Jesus' name. I pray that and believe that you would do that, sir. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over them and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, Lord, over them in Jesus' name. God, to this surrender to that work that you're doing in their heart. God, that you will make it clear. Make it clear. Lord, I rebuke confusion in Jesus' name. God, I pray for the peace that surpasses all human understanding to guard their hearts and their minds, what they think and what they feel, God, that will be passed through your filter, Lord Jesus. And we'll be careful to give you the praise. Man, you guys feel that? You guys feel that? Man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, just just thank him right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The broken are the masters of mending. God, let the broken say yes to you. Say yes to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys.